Hey everybody, welcome to the Spiritual Underground. My name is Dan. I am your host. Uh, one, if you've just bounced on this podcast, uh, it's a primarily twelve-step recovery-based podcast. Uh, we do explore ways, other ways in which people get sober, and we explore things that uh, we can do in sobriety to uh, to help us get the most out of it, and uh, basically make this trip on this big blue marble the best it can be because we all know we're not here for too long and uh been freed from those uh chains of addiction now and uh it's time to start living and that's exactly what tonight's podcast is about uh what four years ago travis picked back up a uh family tradition of his of going out to colorado and uh and and started uh inviting recovery guys to go and and this is the fourth year and it's the uh uh biggest crowd by shot uh they did a little different and i'll let them talk about that but uh my main point tonight's podcast is to talk about the cool stuff that we get to do as a result of uh waking up from that fog that was uh addiction and alcoholism so I will go around and allow everybody to introduce themselves quickly because uh, that way you can hear their voices and tune in on that. Uh, I'm sure that as well as I know all of you all, I don't have no problem hearing. I can close my eyes and tell who's talking, but uh, listeners may have a little problem with that. So uh, Travis, why don't you go first and I'll just call around and uh, and uh, just talk for two or three minutes about the trip and then we'll circle around and run. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's up guys. I'm Travis uh, Miller. Um, you know, this is a trip that's real special to me. Uh, every year when I was younger, my, my dad and I used to go out West and uh, explore new places and, and hunt Montana and Colorado and some other places. And it was one of the things that, uh, that was taken from me you know, that I, I wasn't able to, to do um, for probably the five or six years before I got sober. <clears throat> um, I wasn't able to get, I, I wasn't physically able, you know, the the disease had taken over my life. And it just wasn't a priority anymore. You know I mean? We all got hopes and dreams and things we love to do and, and uh, they, they just don't become important anymore. <clears throat> and, um, you know, it was, uh, it was something that I wanted to take back, man. It was something that I wanted to to recover. And, uh, you know, uh, I had mentioned I was probably about, I was, an, I was eight or nine months sober. And, uh, and I mentioned something to Shane about it. And Shane said he always wanted to go elk hunting out west. And I said, man, I got a place. And, you know, I got a, an area that I've been going since I was young with my dad. And I haven't been able to go for years. And, and Shane said, well, stay sober till you're, you know, till September, till the season. And, and we'll go. And, you know, it was kind of a. It was kind of a pipe dream at first, man. It, <clears throat> it was something I didn't think I would ever be able to do again. And um, and through this process, uh, it's turned into this now. It's turned into to almost a retreat type of deal, you know, where we we fellowship and 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 guys don't have to hunt. You don't have to be a hunter to go now. You know, we we uh, we pulled Mark's thirty uh, six foot RV out there this year and set up a base camp and guys fished and. And we had a fire and meetings at the campground and, and we went to meetings in town and a group of us went up on the mountain and hunted and a group of us stayed down low and fished. And, and, uh, we just had, uh, had an amazing, amazing time, man. It was, it was, uh, it was the best week I think that we've had so far. This is our fourth year, like you said. And, 
And uh, it just it keeps getting better every year, man. I hope we keep growing this thing and I hope more people want to go and and uh, get out to the Rocky Mountains. It's a special place. has a special place in my heart um, and, and a special bond with these guys, man. You know, I mean, it, it, it grows us closer together um, and strengthens our connection and our, our, you know, accountability to each other. Um, and 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 um, it's just special, man. It's real special. Cool, man. Yep. That's a, uh, I kind of, you know, stay sober till September. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I said it was like a pipe dream, you know, like, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, this is what I want to do. I'd like to get back into this again, man. Oh yeah. Just stay sober. And I'm okay. You know, but uh, you know, God willing, you know, it happened and, and we, we started with that first year and there was three of us that went. And then this year there was, there was 10 total. My dad and a couple guys went as well yeah. and met us up on the mountain and, uh there was seven guys uh in our group in recovery that went and uh you know just to grow from three to seven it, it made it that much better you know yeah, made it that much more cool. fulfilling fulfilling of a trip you know it was, it was great yeah man super cool thank you shane how about you go next all right shane gibson alcoholic addict uh i was probably 10 3 16 um i just like to throw that out there anyway um so yeah man uh that pipe drink uh, that's exactly what it was for me too. And in the madness, I always said I was going to go out there and uh, do it, but I never felt like I would ever have the means or way to get out there and uh, be able to sustain the way I was living at the time and do the hunting trip as far as having the amount of pills I would need to do a trip like that and uh to have the alcohol that i needed as well you know that's a lot to carry up a mountain <laughs> just for that you know and uh and just the money even you know to spend on taking off 10 days and and the tags and all that stuff i never thought i was gonna be able to do something like that man and you know and we pipe dreaming uh, when travis mentioned that and i said stay sober till then we'll go I meant that shit, but, uh, I didn't know if it was going to happen, you know? And, uh, when it did, uh, it's just amazing. And then we, we went and had an awesome trip. And then again, the next year we're like, go back, you know, and we're going to do this again. And that was another pipe dream. I didn't think I'd be able to do it more than once in my lifetime, you know, and now it's four times, you know, and, and we've, we've made this back every year. Travis and I, um, have made all four together. And, um, and just bringing different guys, you, you on the third trip, you know, or second trip and then Vlad on the third and these guys on the, on the fourth trip and who knows what next year is going to bring, uh, how many people are going to show up and, and come out for the half and half, which is cool. I like how, um, some people want to stay down at the lake and fish and do that part of it. And, uh, some of us go up the mountain because we can't, I mean, we could all go up the mountain, but, um, it's not conducive for a good hunt i don't think you know if we had that many guys up there because we already saw what happened this year with that many guys not on our side um that were up there um, so no nah, man i'm just uh grateful to uh, to be sober and to be able to do these things in life and live life to its fullest potential you know, so. hell yeah man no doubt hmm. Cool. Thanks, Shane. And so Travis and Shane have been, as they both said, been on every one of them. And uh, there's some guys that's like myself who went once and kind of flirting with going again, but haven't. But the next few guys, uh, I think uh, 
uh, Charlie and uh, Andrew both uh, went up the mountain, you know, and it's not everybody's cup of tea to lay up there on them rocks on a half inch thick layer of foam and uh, and, and sleep for nights after night. So uh, I can understand. Uh, and that's OK. That's perfectly OK. And the place lays out so for for being able to do both. Um, Charlie, why don't you go next? Hit that mute button. Hey, I'm Charlie. <clears throat> I uh, <laughs> I'm an indoor cat, man. I I think the last time that I camped, I was probably or the last time I slept in a tent, I was probably about eight years old in my backyard. And and when the dew set in, you know, it's like we went inside and ate donuts and laid on the couch. Like it's uh, that was my last camping experience. So, uh. There's really not a lot of words that I can like put into what this trip was for me. Um, it was totally out of my comfort zone. And uh, when I got back from Mexico, you know, like I remember it was like Travis made the announcement in SU one night and it was like he was talking right to me, even though he wasn't talking to me. And uh, I reached out to him. I said, hey, man, I want to talk to you more about this trip. He's like, cool, let's go to this meeting Friday night and we'll go out and get some tacos. And we did, and we talked about it. And he was just telling me stories and showing me pictures. And I said, I'm in, you know? And there was like this caveat of, of course, I got to talk to my wife. <laughs> and uh, I went home and I, I didn't even like really tell her. I was like, hey, uh, so Travis and Shane, you know, they normally go to Colorado. And she was just like, you should go okay are you gonna let me finish you know she was just like well whatever it is you know it's those things are good for you just go I said okay all right so i'm in you know and i remember i texted travis uh and i was like hey man i'm in and i was so excited too uh and then it's like as it gets closer and closer i kept feeling more and more like okay i'm in over my head i'm not prepared what the fuck am i gonna bring uh, have I trained enough to go up this mountain? You know, am I going to die? Cause I remember seeing pictures of you sprawled out <laughs> after you went up the mountain. And, um, <laughs> so I don't know, man. Like, I really don't know what to say. Cause I don't want to go too long here, but it's, um, <sighs> you know, being up there, man, it, it really did. It couldn't have come at a better time for me because I am just finishing. Well, I'm going back through my steps, but I'm also finishing like a meditation and yoga based kind of 12 step thing. And this comes towards the tail end of that. And like, I just felt like I really hit an awesome, calm, like meditative state when we were up there. Right. Cause like, you know, I'm not a hunter, but when we go out and spy, you know, we're sitting for three and four hours at a time, man, you know, like not really moving, not getting up, not talking much. And, and I really did find some awesome meditative type states while I yeah. was up there. And, and you just, you lose track of time, right? Um, I like to think that when I'm in the flow of life, you know, and things, it's like time just ceases to exist. Like it goes by really fast. But to me, I just don't, you don't think about time and it's like, bam, you know, a day's gone by. Uh, and that's what I found up there uh, was, was a place like that. And we can maybe get back into it, but uh, it started out as a not so good experience with all the other hunters that were up there. But like we exercised a lot of patience and 
and tried to make the best of what seemed like a bad decision. And the longer the week went on, the more you could feel like it was building towards something. And uh, I'm sure we'll sucker back around to this, but Travis and I had our moment on on yeah. Wednesday morning there, you know, and uh, we'll come back to that. Yeah, we'll come back to that. So anyway, Just I'm going to shut up now. The intro kind of thing here yeah. so everybody can get introduced and listeners can get their voices uh, kind of tuned in. Thank you, Charlie. Yep. Uh, there is a thing that find that in hunting. There is a peace and serenity out there that I cannot get anyplace else in it. And, and, you know, it, it ramps it up to another level out like in a place like that. But, you know, that's what I'm, that's what I'm searching for every time I'm out in the woods is that, is that, uh, say I'm hunting peace and serenity and all I'm doing is killing time. Uh, Andrew. Hey, Andrew here, alcoholic, uh, sobriety date, 2-12-22. Um, yeah, you know, I like, I, I think of a lot from hearing the guys talk before me and, um, you know, what stuck out the most is like when Travis did announce it in SU, you know, at first thought I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm glad that it's like opened up and I, you know, there's an opportunity for it, but it wasn't until I was at the, uh, retreat, the dirt retreat this past year did it like actually like click in my head that like, Hey, Andrew, you know, uh, these other guys can do it. Like, why can't you? And so that just kind of like, just out of nowhere, you know, that thought just kind of hit my head and talked to Travis about it. And, you know, then ended up like making a commitment to go out there, which I did. And, um, yeah, man, it was, it was just awesome. Uh, just, you know, just being out there in it, like it took me a little bit to like get out of like day to day life, like brain, like to actually kind of like slow down. Um, but when you're out there, you know, there's a lot of opportunity to like daydream because you're up there looking in the clouds, you know, you're up on like a mountain that's 10,000. That's a break, basically a prairie 10,000 feet up in the air, you know, like meadows and stuff. So it's really peaceful and serene. And, um, you know, you work really hard to get to it too, you know, so there's like a sense of accomplishment with it. Like, you know, you, you, you know, you, it's, um, there's a reward, it's like a payoff to it and all those things like together in that environment around like sober guys who are just like able to express themselves and everyone's just okay. You know, everyone's just together was such a great experience that I don't think it's something I could have experienced quite the same, not being sober and, in, and, in, in the uh, program. Um, do you have any experience outdoors in that kind of thing where you, Oh yeah. Um, before, like I grew up like in uh boy scouts, uh, most of my life, but I was always like, I always had like the worst gear, <laughs> like the heaviest gear. And I was always the wettest and I always had like, you know, always, you know, feet problems. But, um, as an adult, I was able to like prepare and just like Charlie was saying, man, I was like, the guys were fishing down at base camp. And I was like thinking about it. I was like, man, I haven't gone fishing in like 18 years, you know, but when you're younger, you're just like, you know, you just do stuff like that. It's like to pass time. But like, once you get older and you know, that stuff, I was like, wow, you know, I, um, but, um, but it did like spark that, um, inspiration to get back into like outdoorsing and like backpacking and camping. Like I did when I was younger, like, you know, um, nourish that like inner child that still likes that stuff to go play in the woods and make camps and stuff like that. Um, I think there's some DNA in men that makes us desire that. 
uh, you know, comes all the way back from from years of past that where we we uh, we desire and feel uh, something special when we're out and about like that. Definitely, yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah, again, I'm I'm Andrew. Thanks, Andrew. And uh, Mark up next. He's the guy who had the the big camper. What is it really? Thirty six foot. Yeah, thirty. Uh, I'm Mark, um, alcoholic, and I'm grateful. Uh, thirty six foot. Three slot outs. It's got an indoor kitchen, outdoor uh, indoor and outdoor kitchen, air condition. It's heated. I even got an electric fireplace. So it's, <laughs> it's uh, I, I think the guys would agree it's nowhere considered camping. It's more glamping. Yeah. Even where we went, it was off the grid. You know, no water, no electric, no no sewer. You know, facilities. So uh, we had a generator. I just got. And uh, going back, and Travis had gone up and with Shane last year, and I think Vlad went. And I was like, man, I need to go. But I, for some reason, I could not go the first year he asked me or, you know, brought it up. But as soon as he got back from that last year, I said, I'm in next year. And I said, I ain't going up no mountain. I have no desire to hunt. I said, well, if I bring the camper, and is there fishing around? He says, oh, hell yeah, there's fishing. So that's when I I. I I was immediately in, you know, God willing, you know, everything fell in place and, and still sober and all that. And here I am and over 20 months now. And, and it was, uh, yeah, I was excited, man. It was a long, I, I couldn't wait for the shit to come around. And, uh, Travis was like, man, I, I well, I'll say something come February, something like that, but four or five guys will say something. They'll all back out. And I said, well, you never know, man. And then it turned into, you know, six of us went in the camper and truck and uh, one flew out. And uh, I tell you, man, uh, I, I use this analogy the other night when we was out and, uh, well, maybe we'll save that for later. But, yeah, it, it was, uh, you know, we, we all want as humans to have connectivity with other humans, you know, and, and, and to have other fellows that have the same horrible disease you know, we, we all have different stories, but we all have we all have the same issue, so to speak. And and to rely on each other and to trust each other, it, it's just an amazing feeling. Um, yeah, it, it's the journey out there. I mean, Andrew flew out, and that's fine. But man, some of the great stuff was on that trip. You know, to and from. I mean, it was just yeah, as I say, fucking amazing. You know, yeah. and uh, and it's just it's just. Man, I tell you, you know, I have 20 years in the military and yeah, it, it was good, man. And, and I'm thinking me and Derek can talk about maybe going up the hill next year, but, uh, up the mountain, but if not, I'm, I'm okay. I'm just okay. Sitting there fishing and, and doing my thing on the bottom too. So, yeah. and it ain't yeah, really I, the problem because you're still up there even, yeah. <laughs> even at the bottom. <laughs> I think we're about 8,100 feet at base camp. So it's, it's not like you're at a standard for field at 636 feet, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll just put a commercial break in here and say that, you know, the ones that listen to this, if, if you're thinking about going, you couldn't ask for a better solid group of guys. Uh, you know, Travis knows this place. It's, it's like he said, it's in his heart. It's heartfelt. It's, um, and the guys that went shame, I mean, all of us, I mean, you know, just the growth we had is, is price. You can't put a price on this kind of stuff. And, you know, and, and this is what I've wanted to do since I retired, but being in the madness, I never either had worth pulling or I didn't have a truck that could pull the camper I had. And now I've got all that. And I didn't have a driver's license. 
Now, a driver's license, hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you got that right. Uh, but yeah, man, it, it, and this is what I wanted to do, and this has sparked a fever in me that I, if, if I wanted to leave tomorrow, I could, and I'd feel comfortable leaving by myself and hitting the road, and 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 yeah, man, it's something about it. So yeah, it, nothing short of amazing trip. Period. Yeah, that, that sense of adventure, you know, that's uh, I think it's another vital part of a satisfying life. There's a few elements I've seen. I need to help people. That's one of them. I need to have something creative in my life, and I. Just for another thing, I need to have some kind of adventure in my life that I can look forward to and 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 do. Uh, yeah. So I hate, and then I get to second guessing myself because of an order because I don't want anybody to feel bad about being last, and I'll mix that up. So uh, Cody next. Uh, Cody, alcoholic, uh, sobriety date of May eighth of twenty twenty three. Um. I was probably the last person who would think they I was going to go on this trip. I knew I was going the whole time, but I don't think everyone else believed that I was going when I said I wanted to go. Um, but it was it was just an eye opening experience, and it it made me grow closer to everybody in this group as well. It's one of those things where like, I only had I got my four month trip the day before we left out, mm. and it was just one of those things. It was like. Every Sunday, I tell the guys. Every Sunday, when we when I come home, it's, I love my mom who's an alcoholic, and so I, I always had to build a wallet when I come home and take it back down the next day. And for that nine days out there, I would, it was at peace with everything, and it was just a great trip all the way around. And I think the guys learned a little bit about me too, which I I love the whole entire fact of it because as a as a quote unquote gay man, uh, I was more manly than I think they thought I really was. So. <laughs> but I love the trip and I would suggest anybody who wants to go out to get connected with guys like to take this trip and just go for it. Hell yeah, Cody. Thank you, man. And Derek. What's up guys, Derek, alcoholic. Um, gosh, you know, I, I remember last year I was, um, probably four or five months over and, uh, you know, Travis announced it to the group I, at the time, I guess when he announced it, I was probably a couple months, you know, and, um, I don't know. I just wasn't at a place in my recovery where leaving for 10 days, um, seemed doable to me, you know, it didn't seem like an option. Um, cause I just, I went to treatment for a month. Um, you know, I'm still trying to figure life out. I'm still trying to get my, my sober legs under me, if you will. I'm still trying to learn what's going on. And, um, you know, then when the guys got back last year, uh, they talked about how awesome it was and just the beauty and the peace they felt. And, and, uh, you know, I feel like I missed out on it, but I'm, I'm kind of like Charlie, like, I, uh, I don't know that I've ever slept outside my whole life. Um, same, same thing with him. Like me and my dad slept in the backyard, maybe when I was six and I woke up in the middle of the night and he went back inside. Um, you know, so the, the thought of, of, uh, you know, my first time camping really, uh, being at the top of a mountain, uh, was a little, a little frightening, but, uh, you know, then I heard Mark was bringing his camper. Um, and you know, fishing is my Fishing is my one of the, my favorite things. Um, so, you know, basically, you tell me I've got ten days to go with some guys that I 
I know and love and uh I just get to fish the whole time. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah. uh it's great. Yeah. Cool. Thanks guys for that little round robin deal uh doing that, you know, and I just do want to say, you know, one uh, you know, these guys do this trip, but you know, those out there might be sitting around, you know, and have their venture that's in the back of their head that they want to do someday, you know, or want to go. So, uh, you know, sometimes there's old thing about from, uh, Marianne Williamson about when you, uh, when you conquer your fears, you give other people permission to do the same, you know, and that's part of what we're doing here to give, you know, allow yourself permission to have your adventure and go do it and stop saying that you can't. And if you listen to these guys who were talking about their sobriety dates, you know, uh, there's a lot of guys in here that ain't gotten, you know, this is not like 20 year veteran sobriety dudes doing this thing, man. This is people at, uh, five, six at the top end kind of thing and, and down. So, uh, don't limit yourself there either. So what do you think we ought to start with the ride out? Yeah. Somebody take it. I'll take it. This is Mark. We'll try to pass it around. Yeah. Yeah, since uh, we had to camper, so uh, we was leaving Thursday morning on, uh, I forgot what day it was, the 7th, I think, or the 6th. But anyway, me and Shane came down to get the camper ready and load up his his gear. Um, and then uh, we came down, we fished some, and then Cody and uh, Derek came down. And then uh, we went out in the lake, we fished a little bit, then we came back up and tidied up a little bit, get ready to go, uh, oh, dark 30 in the morning. And then, uh, we get to hook up the camper the next morning, Thursday morning at oh, dark 30, pick up Travis and, uh, Charlie at Travis's place in Indiana. I'm looking for my keys for the, for the hitch on the camper. Well, when I took some stuff out of my normal routine, which for me, I got to keep in a normal routine with my disease and with my other issues I got going on. I failed to realize I left my keys in Louisville to undo the lock on my hitch of my camper. So we ain't going nowhere. No, no bolt cutters going to cut this lock off. So yeah, that, that was, uh, it was pretty humbling. Of course, the guys gave me shit and I don't, I don't blame them. But, uh, but immediately I thought, wait a minute, Charlie's still in Louisville. I can call him. And he can swing by the house and then he can pick him up and bring him down and put us back about an hour and a half. Well, that was fine. Well, I had to call Jen. Jen teaches it. You know, she's, she don't have to get up from there two, two and a half hours. So I call her, wake her up, have her go look for these keys, you know, and it all worked out. She put them in a mailbox. Charlie picked them up, came down here. And then we got on the road, uh, no, no problems at all. Once we had those keys and, uh, we had carried on over to Indiana, uh, Charlie and tow behind us. And then uh, we picked up Travis and then, uh, yeah, man, then we was on our way. I think that was pretty memorable experience. So it's all about the keys. I still say it was Shane's fault, but, uh, we won't go there. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, that, that was a good kickoff. I mean, I, I, I ain't gonna lie. I was embarrassed, but you know what? <laughs> That might have been one of the worst things that happened on the trip, and that's just okay, you know? Yep. Yep. Well, one of the things that we learned in recovery is now and again, you're going to eat some humble pie, and you 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 learn to make the most out of it. Yeah. Uh, I'm about to be humble because I eat a lot of pie. <laughs> 
So what about this ride out? Anything happened in particular? Is it well, how y'all do it? Did you switch the drivers every couple hours to do that yep. kind of routine like we've done before? Yep. We switched out every two hours, every two, two and a half hours. Uh, the truck, uh, you know, gets a whopping six, six and a half miles a gallon pulling this beast. So, uh, and it worked out good because about every two, like Travis said, you know, we planned it for every two hours and depending on how many hills we had, it was two to two and a half to, to complete the cycle. And we rotated in now the camper and a couple rode in the back of the camper or sometimes three. And yeah, man. And, that, and there was two people wait the whole time for safety. And we just, uh, we plowed through and, uh, not too fast, not too slow. We just maintained the gear and, yeah, it, it worked out perfect. It was, uh, and God was on our side and we all each other had each other's back and we had God's back. God had our back and it was, a it, it, it was nice. And all that anticipation on the front end of a trip, you just really can't beat that. Uh, there's a whole lot of the joy of a trip like that is, uh, wrapped up in the anticipation of doing it. You know, I mean, I know it's fun doing it too, but I love the, I love the getting my shit together and the, in the, in the, the trip there. Yeah, well, talking about getting stuff together, Shane shows up to my house about 10, 10, 30. And I told him originally about eight, but I had a doctor's appointment. So we pushed it back about 10. He gets there about 10, 15, something like that. And I have not packed at all. Not, not at all. I haven't packed much. So I'm just throwing stuff in a big pile, take it out, threw it on the front porch. <laughs> you know, I had all their stuff packed up other than the generator and, uh, yeah, so I was not prepared as far as that goes, but I wasn't going up the mountain, didn't have a big backpack and all that stuff. I just had clothes. There's plenty of room to store it. And, but that's just some of the memorable things just to get us on the way. They want to pick up a little bit on the trip? Travis? Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I was a little bit uneasy about it, to be honest with you. And, and you know, I mean, it's pretty – cool that these guys you know trust me enough to just jump into a fucking vehicle or jump into a camper and just head west and have never been there before you know i mean that's a pretty big deal for a bunch of guys to be like okay i trust you man We're, let's go we'll go to the place that you know that's 1100 miles away and hope it all works out but the other thing i was going to say is there's only like 20 states that it's legal to ride in a camper behind a truck so i was a little uneasy about it you know there's like 20 states it's legal 20 you know, whatever, 30 states is not legal. So, you know, we might have passed through a state. I didn't look, but we probably passed through a state or two that was illegal for us to be riding in a camper. And and I was a little uneasy about that on the way out. But it, it was just so damn comfortable, man, being able to be back in that camper. You could lay out on the couch. You could lay out on the bed, you know, yeah. uh, and changing drivers every two hours and two guys staying awake the whole time. I mean, that road trip was just cool, man. It was just cool. It was fun. Uh, we all laughed. I mean, I, my face hurts, hurt. I laughed so much, you know, we were cutting up and, and, you know, it's so easy to make fun of Mark. Uh, you know, we, we were cutting up the whole time and laughing and, and, and it was just, uh, it was just really cool, man. Just the whole, the whole road trip out there was really cool. Yeah. That, uh, combined camaraderie with, like you said, people that you, like Derek said, people you, you, you trust and love and yeah, man, uh, Charlie, you leaning forward for something that wasn't to getting ready. No, no, no. We I was talking about the road trip out there, or we want to get to the place, get the get the get the story to the location. I I just no. The road trip was. <laughs> I I almost feel sorry for Andrew because he missed so much. <laughs> not not being not uh not being there for the road trip, man. So next year you got to do the road trip because that was 
I don't know. Like everybody says, it was it was part of the anticipation, right? Of like getting out there, and it's uh, it's kind of why like you like Christmas Eve, or I I always like Christmas Eve, or like a couple days before Christmas, just as much if not more than I actually like Christmas. So you you could just like feel, you know, everybody was like so excited. Um, I'm gonna shut up now. But. I'll say yeah. something. Go ahead, uh, Shane Gibson. Uh, so yeah, the the beginning of the trip, uh, you know, the night before we left, I I even thought to Mark, you know, I thought said something about maybe you know, hey, maybe we should hook up the thing tonight, you know, and uh, we didn't, <laughs> you know, and we're just like, I want to get it in the morning, you know, and and then morning comes and that happened, and I just text Travis. I said, "Fucking newcomers," <laughs> but. Uh, just teasing around a little bit about it because um, what what Travis texted me back was the same thing that I had said to thought about as well as maybe this is keeping us safe from a wreck or something like that uh, that we wouldn't even have known about. So uh, it was no big deal, man. And the madness, I know all of us would have been fucking pissed and, you know, to start our trip off wrong, but it didn't. And that's the cool fucking part. I ain't even going now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I didn't, damn lock. Yeah, now might as well not even go. You know, but no, that's not what we did. We just laughed about it and waited for Charlie to get there. Charlie, we called Charlie up and uh, he thought something else had happened. He said, "Who are we taking to rehab?" You know, <laughs> he, he thought something major had happened, but uh, it didn't. It was just a fucking lock, you know. And we uh, going over to Mark's house the day, <laughs> the day before too to watch him pack his clothes he didn't tell the story about his dog which was funny as shit for me uh because uh, he had this new little dog and took a shit on his floor while we were we were in the room he's like oh that little mother you know he's all pissed off about it and he's grabbing his clothes and then he turns around and looks and the dog looks from dead in his eyes and raises his leg and pisses all over his bed <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh and, and and laugh and laugh and I was trying not to laugh but I couldn't help it and uh, I was like this is part of it you know this is this how it's starting you know and um, the the road trip out there for sure man the, the last my face hurt my stomach hurt just laughing the whole way and just having a good time fellowshipping it, it was it was really fun doing yeah and on, on, Andrew, what do you think about that here? No, what, what, tell me your stance on that, the way you went and how your trip went. Yeah, um, I want to go now with the camper <laughs> and do all that extra because I was like flying out because I was like going negative with work or whatever. Um, but anyway, like um, vacation and stuff like that. But like, um, so I, yeah, I flew out. Actually, the flight was like super convenient. I had direct flights to Denver uh, where I landed and um, I got like an off-campus um uh, car rental, uh, which, you know, I put actually another member of the group on the car rental while I was up in the mountains so that they could like use the car while I was down there. Um, so I felt like that was like a cool opportunity for them to kind of like get some, um, you know, do their own thing if they want, you know, separate or whatever. Um, Have another set of wheels. And yeah. Yeah. It was like a Jeep Wrangler so it was like a little, little, little thing, take the T tops off. But, um, uh Oh, yeah, that it was. Yeah, it was. It was awesome for me. Yeah, like I got there and it was like a left at like five in the morning. Got to the camp with them at like three in the afternoon. 
um, you know, grab my car, just went to like the Whole Foods in Denver and stuff and grab food and, you know, stuff like that, snacks and grab some food. And I was there. Very cool. Yeah. The, uh, that's one of the reasons, you know, I even like in the retreat and that stuff, it's just cool to ride together. It's just to, to go to, to buddy up and carpool is, is definitely the way to go. So, uh, anybody got anything particular about the ride that didn't chime in? Yeah, Derek. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I, so for me, I had never been West of St. Louis. Um, and so, you know, of course the camaraderie with the guys on the way out there was awesome, but also just getting the, you know, getting to see the whole other side of the country was a really cool part for me. You know, got the, uh, Kansas was crazy with all those windmills and stuff. And, uh, you know, and of course getting to see the mountains as we drive up through them was, was incredible. Um, I've never seen anything like that. I've been through the, been through North Carolina a couple of times, you know, but they pale in comparison you know, to those, to the Rocky mountains out there. Uh, so that was cool for me. So we'll move on into getting there or anything else. I'm, I'm open to anything specific about the ride there. Just you know, keep the story moving. Y'all got to the, it's a, uh, I've lost the name of it. But yeah. I've got Wait, Mark. I have to go quick. Go ahead, Cody. Oh, go ahead. Uh, Cody, I'll call it. So I was surprised no one brought up the – so we stopped at Bass Pro Shop and stayed the night for a couple of hours and went inside the next morning when they opened up. But then we went to Dick's uh, Sporting Goods, and Mark's in there, are you a friend of Bill's? And ended up finding a guy who worked there who was in AA also and uh, ended up getting himself a, uh, a blow-up kayak, and then Derek got his canoe. And the guy was super nice and like, threw in free paddles for, for them all and uh, – Ended up saving them a bunch of money too, and giving it everything from non-discounts, and they probably saved as much as they spent, honestly. And that was just a good time there because the Mark said, "You a friend of Bill's?" <laughs> it was just a good yeah. time, and Derek fell. I think Derek fell in love with the kayak that day. Very cool. Yeah, you, you frightened me there for a minute. That was a piece of story I didn't hear that you bought a blow up something. I was glad to hear it was a kayak. Uh, Mark, did you have one more thing you want to jump in there with, or was that well, it? I was- Cody, I was I was going to bring up, you know, we we got the Bass Pro Shop. We ended up sleeping for about six hours, and because my battery wasn't working on my uh, camper, you know, the, the the one that runs the stabilizers and the lights and the jack and everything, so we had to get the generator off to get the slides out. But yeah, then we slept about I don't know four or five hours and got up and went to Bass Pro Shop. Didn't have what we wanted. Then we ended up going on a six minute drive to Dick's. It took about 30 35 minutes and uh i think we drove through the hood of denver and all that stuff that, that was pretty cool uh but yeah uh the dick's experience was pretty was pretty special but cody hit it yeah very cool yeah you run into friends of bill everywhere i had a gal contact me today wanting me to do some work and out of the blue she said are you a friend of bill and uh I, well, yes i am that's a it's a cool network we have out there it's a secret handshake and uh does work out for you so y'all arrived at uh it, and i can't it's indian something wilderness area but maybe we shouldn't say it because then you already got too many people going there and that's to make people more people want to go there so maybe we ought to keep the exact location secret uh <laughs> So how'd that go? I mean, now, now you got to go ahead and unload all this stuff and separate your gear from other people's gear. And guys are trying to get the camper set up and 
I know there probably was a little bit of a scramble in that arrival. Anybody? Uh, I'll, I'll go. Somebody talk about something. Yeah, this is Mark. Uh, yeah, we got there. Uh, uh, you know, Andrew, time we was getting uh, unloading everything, getting the generator hooked up, so we can pull the slides out and all that stuff, get it all set up. It went real smooth. Everybody pitched in. And then uh, no sooner we all got done and everything, Cody jumped on making a damn killer fucking meal. Killer. I mean, mm. Cody just jumped in there. And I love to cook, but Cody jumped in there, elbows and everything, man, and it was wonderful. But uh, when we set up, uh, we had to move the next day. And then uh, we had to move the next day after that. Then the last five or six nights, we was at one spot. So by the time we left... We had it down pretty good, but uh, well, yeah. Kind of a pain, I mean, but to have to keep on shuffling over, what, what was behind that? Uh, just because when we booked a place, that's that they only had certain spots open. Ah, uh, okay. So this next year, we we got a couple spots that would be a little a little nicer because the one night we had to move, they had me going in some place it wasn't gonna fit. <sighs> Not even Cody could 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 get it in there, and that boy can drive a trailer. Let me tell you, but we'll get into that later. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, the setup, breakdown, setup, breakdown, setup, and, you know, breakdown to leave it. It all went smooth as, as, as possible once I had the key. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then everybody gets better at it and knows what to do uh, to pitch yep. in and help. So then you end up with that, uh, you get some practice. Uh, and then you all acclimated there for a day or so, right, before the guys go up the hill, or how did you all do that? Yes, Shane, we uh... – we, we we sat there for the day and then woke up the next morning and and headed on up the mountains. Um, that's what we did this time because um, we were already you know, with the travel time as far as it takes a little bit longer to get out there with the camper. Um, you know, it it kind of cut into our hunting time. Usually, we're up on the mountain hunting on the day that starts, you know, and, and actually we didn't even leave to go up the mountain until the day that, you know, we could actually start hunting already. So. Yeah. Did it seem to make a difference? Yeah. Yeah. Cause when we got up there, um, <laughs> we weren't expecting to see what we saw, which was eight other hunters up there in our area. Right in and, your little bowl, right in the, in that spot. Yeah. There were eight different hunters. Remember now, we didn't see anybody camped near us, but we could see all the oh, people man. around, you know, and and if you were in the boneyard, as you know where that is, um, every peak you looked around, there was a guy sitting on top of it, uh, walking around, making calls and just being loud and obnoxious. And yeah, that didn't oh. set off the mood as far as um, if we're going to have a great hunt, you know. <laughs> So um, you were talking about the acclimation too. Um, when I got up there, uh, the first two and a half days uh, after we got up there and got set up, I had altitude sickness again, and uh, I didn't get to do much, which um, was uh, an acceptance piece for me, man, because um, a life on life term should happen, and uh, I just had to listen to my body and be like, look. You can't go hunting. You know what I'm saying? You can't go out today. You know, it's not good for you to do that. And, and it was hard to sit in the camp. All the guys went out and um, did their thing, bonded, and went for long hikes in these cool places. And 
I didn't get to go on. I've, I've done it before, but not with these guys. And I really wanted to, but um, it was just, like I said, an acceptance piece that, you know, just because I'm on vacation don't mean things are going to go right and everything is going to be good, you know, and, and I accepted it, which is, <laughs> that's hard for me to accept, you know, <laughs> but choice I, I did. You have when you're up there, you know, that's, that's, that's the choice. You can rant and rave and bitch and moan or accept it. Yeah. And, and the other cool piece about that was, is, uh, back in the madness, if I was with a group of guys and done that, I would have, uh, you know, they might've said, Oh, fucking quit being a pussy. And, you know, come on, let's go, you know, and I'd toughen up and, and go out and probably hurt myself. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, um, I was able to be honest with the guys, but like, guys, I can't go. And they were like, Hey, you just, you just, you just get better, man. You know, and they didn't say anything negative or anything like that, but, uh, it, it was cool to be vulnerable and, and, and be able to say that without thinking that they would think something else other than the best for me, you know, which was really cool. That was special to me. I know that you've struggled with that. And and, and also from my research on it, because I was a little afraid of it, too, uh, when I went that I would feel that way. And uh, there's really nothing you can do. The only thing that I read up about doing is go down lower in elevation. That's about the only either tough it out or drop some elevation Did anybody else deal yeah. with that? anybody else have any altitude issues no uh, not even i mean not, you know you are uh like mark said uh eight thousand so you're some seventy three hundred seventy two hundred something like that feet higher than what you're normal what you're used to here uh yeah well we were up, we were up around 11 you know yeah, where we were to go up another know. three yeah to yeah. get to the top and it's funny how that's the you know it seems like at that at that and maybe it's because of the car ride and you end up i don't i don't really know but you'd think that if you uh you'd, you'd feel it at eight you know, and why right. is it flip over when you get up higher yep yeah tell yep. me a story but, somebody hey this is andrew so um yeah, my experience was kind of just like that, um, too. Like, I would, uh, since I flew out, I was literally at like 700 feet above sea level to like 11,000 in like 24 hours because <laughs> we literally got there or I got there. We had camp, had like a meeting, and it was just awesome that night before. You could feel like the energy was in the air, you know, especially for, you know, me feeling like we're about to go climb up this big, big mountain, you know, it was like, here comes the, uh, you know, you're looking up the mountain, you're like, you know how hard it's going to be. You see what you see it coming. And then it's like uh, to action, you know, and actually taking the steps and doing it. And um, I got, I think like we, I think we call it like phases. Like the first phase is like a 1500 foot um, ascent, like in the first mile or something like that. And so you're just, it's like a calf workout the whole time. Um, with a lot of switchbacks. Yeah. And like just climbing up basically just like boulders, but it's like beautiful. You have like all this energy. Uh, because like you're doing it, you know, and it's in the morning, it was perfect weather. There was, it was sunny out, but you're in the shade of the forest. So it was like cool in the high altitude. You didn't like sweat as much. So like, you weren't just like pouring in sweat, even though you were doing a lot of physical activity, you were kind of just like, um, feeling good most of the time. Well, we got to the first like water point and I, <laughs> I ended up like eating a bunch of, uh, peanut butter. And I was like, okay, yeah, Andrew, you need to keep eating, uh, you know, protein and food because otherwise you're, you're going to get tired. And uh, I ended up like eating a bunch of uh, peanut butter and then started hiking with the guys, but I started getting like really dizzy and nauseous. And I was like, uh-oh, is this altitude sickness? And I ended up like vomiting a lot 
and I vomited out all that peanut butter and then I felt fine. I was good to go. <laughs> <laughs> so, but by the time I made it to the very top at the 11,000, like 500 or whatever, like the base camp was, I was really cooked. Like I was, I was pretty much got in my tent, like made dinner and was basically like done for the day. But man, to the guys like Travis and Charlie, like they were out there like scouting the range and stuff when we got out there and everyone, they were still going. And I was like, Whoa, you know, those guys are, um, it, it, it was just remarkable to see that based on like how I felt at that time and like how inspiring that kind of stuff is that, you know, you know, we can do it, you know, guys can do it. We're all there together and we're taking care of each other. So y'all make it up there. You make it up there to the top in the first day. Yeah, we walked. I think we started like five o'clock mountain time or something like that. And um, I think we were hiking for like eight or nine hours straight. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was like eight or nine hours of straight walking, but we took it really easy. I actually had a GoPro with me. And so right now I'm in the process of like trying to cut up some GoPro images. You know, I was trying to get like Zen moments of like, because you you basically walk along a stream the entire time. So the best part of it is you're not backpacking a ton of water up with you. Right. You basically just take these little water filters and whenever you're thirsty, you just go dip it out of the stream and you're good to go. So that makes a huge difference. Um, not worrying about water. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. That's huge. If you had to pack water, it's a whole new. Oh, yeah, if you're, if you're, yeah, it's like a gallon is like a couple pounds, right? And you have to take a couple, you know, and um, so it was just awesome, you know, walking along a stream, <laughs> you're walking along a stream the whole time, and um, you're realizing that you got like an entire week ahead of you, uh, you know, and it's like, you know, that it's like it's like a Christmas morning, you're excited, but you know, it, you know, it eventually like time will pass, but um, there's that sense for me of like. Uh, like that adventure and thrill knowing like it's just now starting, you know, and uh, couldn't ask for more beautiful weather. Um, now, somebody told me, uh, Travis, some, uh, I think it was Charlie that told me it rained about every day. Did it rain on you all this time around a lot? Well, I'll let someone else talk about the rain, but the first day it did rain. Um, you know, we got up there and it was just like beautiful weather. I didn't get sunburned really or anything like that. Um, uh yeah we made it to we made it up to the lake which if you go on all trails and look at them look at it you're like okay that's the that's the destination but we went an extra like thousand or like 750 feet past that like all the way up to the saddle and the ridges so we were well up in the uh, wilderness and just like shane was saying um imagine like you're uh there's a tap of water at the very you know there's you're, you're trying to get water right out of a pipe and you have a bunch of people sitting at the very top of the tap um you know where the water is coming out not really letting it flow through the rest of the valley which is what these kind of hunters were doing they're right on the property line of uh rocky mountain national park which you're not allowed to hunt in and so they were like you know just basically camping <laughs> on the property line while we were kind of like in the valley waiting for the elk to like you know migrate into it because that's you know their spots yeah. and as we were walking up we saw a ton of elk beds and deer beds you know everywhere like fresh um kind of fresh beds and stuff like that and um so you knew you knew you were like walking into their habitat you knew you were walking into like their home you were just like a um a, um a visitor into their world at that point it really felt like you were just a visitor like you know these, this isn't like a place where humans are just all the time you know it's, it's it was really just a, an extremely remote natural environment like really really clean 
So Travis, let's hear from you a little bit more. You, you're the you're the guide in the deal. You're the one that knows the the ropes better than. Uh, well, Shane does pretty good too because he's been there the four years. But you had that history before then. Yeah, it's wild, man. You know, I mean, disclaimer: this is public land that we hunt on. So those guys had just as much right to be there as we did. You know what I mean? And that's kind of how you have to look at it. I mean, this is our public lands. You know, I mean, that's the dicey role when you go into these areas to hunt. I mean, that, that's part of it. That's part of the game. I mean, the animals don't just go away. They're still there, uh, but they're a little smarter with that many people around, you know, and the guys are talking. You can The voices carry really far in those valleys. And, and it, it's kind of like a punch in the gut when you spend nine hours on a trail hiking into the backcountry because where we go, this is something that I learned very early on in my elk hunting career was that the further I get away from people and the further that I get away from the trails, the more animals I'm going to run into, you know? So that's kind of how I look at a place on a map. Where am I? I'm not going to stay on the trail. I'm going to get as far away as I can get from a trail in between two trails. Like say if it's five miles from one trail to the next, I'm going to hunt somewhere in between that as far away as I can get from people. And I only go where places where there's no ATVs or motorized vehicles allowed. So you have to be on foot or horseback to get into these areas. Um, You know, it was a punch in the gut when we got up there, man. It was like, fuck, we just spent 10 hours getting in here and there's fucking eight other guys there. And in the last four years that we've been there, we've seen one other hunter up there in the last four years, one other person. Uh, and I just happened to talk to one of the guys that was up there, you know, one of the other hunters. I said, Hey man, what, you know, what, what do you, what's your guys playing here? What are you doing? They said, Oh, we got bear tags and elk tags and deer tags. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. And, uh, we're staying all week. I said, well, how'd you find out about this place? Oh, well, we just looked at the map and picked a spot that looked kind of good on a map. And that's where we decided to go. We've never even been here before, you know? And I'm like, well, you know, I mean, you can't blame them. I mean, they got, you know, like I said, the guy's got just as much right to be there as I do, but it was really a, a, I feel like the most of the other guys there were kind of inexperienced in the fact that the way they were sitting on the ridges and the things they were doing was kind of alerting all the animals in that whole basin that, Hey, there's hunters here. Uh, this is, you know, for these animals, this is life and death. I mean, this is survival for them, you know? Um, so their sense of smell, their sense of sound, their sense of sight, all those things play into play into effect here about how many animals so the first few days we were there you know like monday tuesday or saturday sunday monday the first two or three days we were there we didn't see a fucking thing we didn't see a, all we saw was people we didn't see other any other animals we didn't yeah, see one or nothing nothing not a fucking peep they were quiet they weren't making any noise the animals were all hidden and um and it was pretty discouraging, man, you know, because it's the first time in the last four years that the animals, you know, the, the elk bugle, I don't know if people know what that is, but it sounds like dinosaurs screaming at each other across the mountain, you know, and and uh, it's really cool to hear. And they do it all night long and it's their mating season. You know, when we're there, they're they're starting their pre-rut time. And and uh, it's really cool to be able to hear all that and be just to be in the middle of all that without them knowing you're there. But since all those other hunters were there. Those animals knew that those hunters were there and they were being quiet and they were staying hidden in the woods and we weren't seeing anything. And I'm, I, I was kind of panicked. I wasn't really sure what we were going to do at that point. If we were going to pull out and try to go to another area or, or just exactly what we should do. You know, it had been a few days we had been up there, hadn't seen anything. Um, and, and we had some great hikes, you know, I mean, you know, what's that? I was going to say, and you feel a little responsible in a sense to. Yeah. Get yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly, man. You know, I mean, and, 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 uh, you know, I've talked this place up so highly 
you know, and, and now we're up here just camping with a bunch of hunters in the back country. And, and, uh, I don't know, man, it was, it was kind of disheartening at first, you know, and, and we kind of talked about it and then we decided that we just needed to have patience and have a little bit of faith. And, and, uh, you know, we kind of stayed around the camp, um, for the first day or so. And then we decided, you know what, these hunters are already on all these mountaintops everywhere around us. Let's just go out and start, start getting out there. You know, we started spending, we started doing eight hour hikes from the camp on onto the other side of the mountain. And we started trying to explore other areas and just try to, and we happened to see some elk when we did that, you know, they were probably five miles away from our location where we we're at, but we started to see a few animals here and there. Um, about the third day we were there, um, these, these other hunters, we, what we figured out was that they were all together pretty much. Um, and what happened is, is that, um, I think when we were walking around, we had actually spooked some elk from the woods and ran them up towards these other hunters. And we started hearing guns going off. We started hearing shots and they chased these elk, I guess, that we bumped from the woods where we were at all the way over to the other side of the mountain. And they never came back. Mm. And that was about Monday when those hunters did that, you know, and then they, we saw them in the dark. We could see them, with their lights all up on the mountain. They were being loud, screaming, cussing, hollering all through the mountains. I mean, it was, they, I don't know if they were fucked up or what they were doing, but, uh, or they just didn't know what they were doing. Uh, they could have been an experienced, you know, you just don't know. And, uh, but it was a gift, man, because they disappeared after that. Mm. They disappeared. They chased those elk into the next valley and they never came back. And uh, within about 24 hours, all of a sudden, animals start popping out. You know, Charlie and Andrew and I went on a hike and we saw a big bear, uh, sow and some cubs. Uh, you know, we started seeing we started seeing animals start. The, the woods started to come alive. The feel of the whole place, the energy started to change. You started to feel like those hunters disappeared. And all of a sudden, we started seeing animals popping out. We started seeing more sign. We started seeing where the animals had been close to our camp. You know, we started seeing different things. And things started to change a little bit after that that second or third day. Very cool. Yeah. So let's switch gears a minute, and we'll get down to the guys that were down at the camper. And what did you guys yeah. do on uh, those first few days? Derek. Yeah, those first few days, we, uh, <clears throat> you know, I just, I just picked up this kayak at, uh, at Dick's and, you know, I've, uh, I'd actually never been on a kayak before. Um, so I was really, really anxious to get it out there. There was two lakes, <clears throat> one on either side of us. One was really big. It was, I think it was like the third biggest lake in Colorado. Um, and then there was another one that was maybe, what do you think, Mark, 30, 40 acres, something like that. Yeah, um, probably. 30. Yeah, about thirty acres, and um, <clears throat> so I decided to put this thing out on the <clears throat> on the smaller lake, and um, you know, it's a it was about a five minute five minute drive from where we were at. We just threw it in the back of the truck, and um, took it out there, man. And I mean, just I can't describe how beautiful it was, but um, you know, you get out there as a little trail to get back to it. And, uh, I mean, there was nobody else on the water, man. I had, it was this, had this kayak out there, the, you know, the water's calm, the sun's just peaking. It's over top of one mountain. Um, it's not hitting the water yet. Um, <clears throat> man, I mean, I, once I got over being a little shaky on the kayak, being a little scared, uh, I'm not the best swimmer out there, but, uh, once I got used to it, man, and I, I just settled down and I, I don't know, then this peace just came over me um y'all start catching fish 
yeah, yeah, we did. We started catching fish. Not it took us a couple of days to figure it out. Um, yeah, it's a whole different kind of fishing out there than uh, than than around here. Completely different thing. Well, you would you would think that, but uh, I, I spent all this time researching how to catch trout and all this stuff. And the first couple of days, that's what I used. I used the stuff I looked up, and then one of the guys at the campsite told us. He said, "Try a worm." And uh, so I put a worm and a bobber out there, and that's what we started catching all the fish. Like on. a nightcrawler worm, a live worm. Yeah, a live worm with a bobber. The same thing I took off my poles that I fished with here, I put right back on when we got out it's there. It's hard to beat a worm. Uh, it is. Cody, what did you do? While, what, what about your first few days? Uh, I was fishing from the bank for the first few days, and I was just enjoying being out there. Like, I was like, I don't want, it, it didn't bother me any if I caught anything or not. And then uh, after Derek caught some, then Mark caught this big one. I was like, I can't get skunked. Like, I'm the only one who hasn't caught anything yet. So um, I was on the kayak and caught the little bitty, probably six-inch trout. You know, it was a tiny little thing. Uh, but one day, me and Derek uh, went walking on the backside, and it goes into, like, a little creek, and it opens up to this uh, – it's not really a lake, like a little reservoir type of thing. And uh, we've seen some animal shit, and – all of a sudden, Derek's like pointing out his eyes and then like points. And uh, I've never seen a moose in person, but mm. about 30, 30, 40 yards away from us, there's this female moose standing up and she's just looking at us. And we weren't bothering her at all. And uh, it's just a massive creature. And just being out there and like looking up uh, out the mountains and stuff, it made me feel super small. My problems, super, even smaller than myself. But you don't see that moose. Like she just checked us out. She just laid right back down. Like she was like, "Y'all aren't harming me at all." And but it's just a beautiful place out there. Like it's hard to put into words. Yeah, because you really can't. It's it's one of those things you have to see because you can look at it through pictures and everything, and you can see it all. But when you're actually standing there and you get to look straight up to see the top of these mountains and like just the pure beauty and the peace that you get from it, like it's hard to describe. Yeah, it definitely is a uh, picture. It's the epitome of pictures don't do it justice. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Mark, well, first few days. Yeah, man. Uh, I've got a funny story with this uh, two-man uh, kayak I bought, blow-up one. Uh, got two set of paddles. Got, you know, I can't swim, so I got me a life jacket. But anyway, me and Cody went out there. <laughs> And we tried blowing it up and we got it out there and everything. The thing was limp. And then, you know, between me and Cody and our fishing gear, we were right at or above the weight limit. So Derek's out there doing this thing, this little one-man kayak, and he's kicking our ass. And we get back to the shore because it got a little windy and everything. And, man, half the air was out of the thing. And I'm thinking, man, I bought me a lemon. So uh, the next Derek got up early and uh he used a hand pump on the on the kayak and man that thing stayed hard the rest of the time that it was on viagra um so i felt better about it because there for a while I, I was really thinking man i bought a bad kayak uh but it worked out great and well, the cold water and, uh, the air pressure yeah. real fast and uh how much volume well, you got, it, uh, it makes a difference there yeah, but once we had that hand pump going on it, man, it, it, it held the whole time. And, and like I say, when we carried it the first time, you couldn't put no weight in the middle of it because it would bow in half. 
then the rest of the time we could carry it just like Derek's, you know, it was, it was straight as an arrow. So that was cool. And, uh, we kept, we take turns sometimes, uh, you know, I had something else going on and so, uh, Cody went out in mine and stuff, but yeah, it was amazing. I caught one fish the whole time. Uh, it's about 20, 21 inches brown trout and, uh, kind of ruined me because I didn't catch any other ones, but it didn't matter. Just sitting there fishing and just always good for the soul. Yep. That's, uh, you know, that's something that people that don't do this, don't understand. They think it's about, the the success that you have and if you did you kill something and when you say no they're like oh man you know like well dude that really was not what it was about did you catch anything you know we all do no. we want to do that i don't want to be uh be, be i want to be honest about that but it's not what it's about and uh, well, i tell you dan it, it was about the moment man just right. just being moment being present and and yeah it was uh like cody says just looking up in the mountains and stuff and you just you feel so small you know just your problems go away and and uh yeah it 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 fit the bill i mean yeah just charlie what about your for your first few days up there gotta keep charlie awake over i'm awake i'm awake <laughs> i'm just i'm listening this, there's no way we're going to be done before midnight. Uh, <laughs> we're going to do this. We're going to, let's, we don't um, have to, this is not a uh, book report. You know, we don't have to touch on every single little thing. Yeah, I know. No. Uh, so one of the things that really stood out to me was the, like spatially, how, you know, you look and you're like, okay, there's that mountain and it's right there, you know, and it looks like you could walk over there in about 10 minutes but 10 minutes is really more like an hour and a half or two hours. And, uh, I don't know, man, I felt pretty good once we got up there. Like the first, the first like 15 minutes, uh, I was, I was a little bit concerned. Travis, Travis set a pretty hard pace at first. And, uh, it's like, Oh shit, we're going to be doing this for the next nine hours. And, and then it's like that shift happens, right? You know, where your body kind of settles into it and you're like, okay, this, this is happening. And my body accepts it, right? Like at first your body's kind of fighting it. Uh, but I felt good when we got up there and um, it was funny. I'd actually, I had a planned nicotine relapse up there on the mountain. Uh, I, bought, I bought a pack of cigarettes before we went up on the mountain, man. And it was, it was awesome. I haven't had any since we've been back from Colorado, just in case anybody was wondering. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I can't really say anything that any of the other guys up there hadn't. I just, you know, you, you can't really appreciate it until you see it. And, um, yeah. So, uh, somebody tell me a story about either down there or up there. Uh, Travis just got a mouthful of something. Shane gets Go ahead, Shane. Uh, well, the the storms um, that it rained pretty much every day, I think. Um, and one night, um, it, it was it was pretty rough, man. It was coming down, and uh, I got the pleasure. I, I've 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 had this four man tent up on this mountain. Uh, for the past three years now. And, uh, cause after my first year there with a little bitty one, I said, like, that'll never happen again. So 
I, I've taken this four man tent up there and I've uh, stashed it underneath some boulders in a spot and wrapped up in some tarps where it'll stay. And uh, so this year, um, Charlie had asked if he could stay in my tent. And I was like, hell yeah, man, that's what it's for. It can hold four people, but two people comfortably with all their gear. So, uh, so I got to bunk up with Charlie and, um, my, uh, my little thin mat, uh, ended up having a hole in it. So I pretty much slept on the rocks mm. all night. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it was storming one night. It was funny. Um, and, uh, the lightning, cause you're pretty much in the clouds, man. So, uh, when the storms rolled through, it was pouring down rain or lightning thunder and, um, and char it was only about 10 30 at night i think it was we thought it was like two or three i thought it was at least and uh we went to bed at like eight that night and uh charlie woke up and said hey shane i was like yeah he's like you think we're okay in here you know we're not gonna get wet or i was like yeah buddy we're fine i was like faith is not works is dead buddy you know and we started got to got to get kind of got a giggle out of it man and uh i I, that was one of my favorite moments just to you know just to in the in the moment of a little bit of fear of like the lightning because it was close and shit to, just to get a giggle out of it you know <laughs> so uh I, I just look at charlie every now and again to say faith without works is dead man <laughs> we just start laughing uh I, I love that part about it um um yeah but uh, it was cool to have a a, a bunk mate this year you know uh, somebody somebody tend that with me and um, we, we, Charlie and I bonded a lot on this trip. So, uh, I'm grateful to have that experience and have somebody in the tent with me and, and hanging out with me. So very cool. So I know, uh, there was a bit of a struggle on the hunting front and, uh, seemed like it was, you know, uh, there is at least one, uh, story to tell on that account of a close call and that kind of thing. Uh, again, I don't, we don't, uh, I don't want to go to midnight. I'll run out of gas before then. Uh, <laughs> and it's not about every little detail, as I just mentioned. Right. Somebody want to tell that story? Char Travis, probably best one. Yeah, Travis. Now that he got his sandwich eaten. Yeah, I, I like to hear Charlie's point of view from it because he's a, he's a non-hunter, you know, so I like, I, I can sit here and talk about it all night long, but I like to hear what Charlie has to say about it because you know, what's cool is that Charlie was right there with me the whole time, man. There wasn't a day that I left the tent or a day that I went out and, and hunted or did anything that he wasn't right there beside me. And he's not a hunter, you know? So that was cool for, for me to get to experience that with him and forget him to get to, to, to just be with me the whole time and get to see what it was really about. Because there is a little bit of a, a little 30 second or one minute window in there that happens where time just kind of stops and time just kind of stands still. And it's hard to explain it in words to somebody, you know, when an animal like an elk walks in on you screaming and, and all that happens of what happened with me and Charlie. And, and I like to hear his side of it. And then maybe I'll just add in some stuff to it. I can tackle that. Uh, <clears throat> so we've already touched on all the hunters being up there and Travis is right. They had every right to be there as much as we did. And if I'd gone up on that mountain, you know, without Travis, somebody that's been doing this for 20 years, I probably would have done the same fucking thing uh, and sat right there on the ridge and, and blocked the, the artery, so to speak, of the wildlife. But anyway, so, um, you know, we did. We chased. We, we, we came across and scared up some elk and it ran those guys out. You know, they followed the elk out of the valley. 
And so I guess it was a day or two later, we, we said, you know what, like, we're probably going to go down tomorrow. Uh, we just, we just take a shower. We want to spend, we wanted to spend some time with the guys down at the lake is really what it was. Um, and we wanted to all catch a meeting together. You know, we were like, Hey, this was nice. Like, so anyway, we decided that we were going to do, um, we weren't going to leave without, you know, at least putting in a little more recon. It's like, now that these guys are gone, let's go sit on the ridge, see if we can spy some game. Um, you know, we'll put in three or four hours and we'll call it a day. Well, we really didn't see shit. It was Travis and Andrew and I, and, um, Travis was watching one side of the saddle. We, Andrew and I were watching the other. Did see some uh, mule deer that were, ironically, about 100 yards behind our camp. Uh, but they were just does, and we weren't really interested in in them. So uh, Travis comes over, and he says, you guys, you know, basically it was like, Are you guys ready to go? We ain't seeing shit. You know, let's go back. We'll have dinner, and then we'll get up in the morning and get ready to leave sure so we stand up we turn around and we're walking back over and we see this bull a bull is a male uh male elk standing right there you know where travis had been sitting for the past three hours and uh we don't have a gun nothing you know and i'm like oh oh, oh. <laughs> andrew doesn't even see it I'm like travis elk <laughs> of course he's the elk is already like running off so, uh, but before that we had said, you know, like, God, just send us a sign just jokingly. Right. You know, it was just kind of half-heartedly like, give us a sign and let us know if, it, if, if there's anything over here, it's even worth us, you know, sticking around for a little bit longer. So I was like, well, you know, that was nice. We'll pack it up in the morning. And I guess Travis and I were kind of thinking the same thing, but when we got back to camp, he's like, yeah, I'm getting up tomorrow about 4.30 or 5. I'm going back over there. He's like, I'm going to hike back up on the saddle. He's like, just just call and sit for a couple hours and, and see if, if that elk comes back. And I was like, yep, I'm right there with you, man, you know. Like, let's just do it. Nothing will probably come. Uh, but anyway, so we get up early, and uh, it's actually kind of like a treacherous – uh climb in the dark at least for me you know right like there's that's part of the thrill of it too is like we're you're kind of scaling across some of these rocks going up a steep embankment um in the dark which is cool so we get up there travis makes the calls and we notice way off in the distance up on another high peak i don't know how travis saw it look there's an elk sure enough it was so we decided we were going to kind of move around the saddle a little bit to get it in position and um, we were kind of nestled up in these trees, I don't know, maybe 10 feet apart from each other. And there was kind of a big down tree in between us. So we're right below the saddle line and nestled up in these trees. And I mean, we weren't there like five minutes. And we hear this, what Travis described as like a Jurassic Park or a dinosaur sound, you know. And I had never heard it because it was quiet. Like the, he, when he said there were no animal noises, I mean, there wasn't a peep. We didn't hear shit. There weren't even crickets. It was just dead silence out there besides the wind and the thunderstorms. Um, so we hear this, or I hear this thing bugle, man, and it's, it's oh, wow, you know. We kind of looked at each other like, oh, shit. 
And of course, we're we're facing the opposite direction that we hear this. Like it's kind of behind us and to our left, and we're both facing out to the right. And about 10 seconds later, you start hearing rocks. And this bull just comes charging through the tree line. And uh, Travis said it's the biggest he's ever seen. I thought, <laughs> I didn't know what the fuck it was. I said, that's an elk. You know, it looked like uh, about six deer together. And um, anyway, I was between Travis and the elk. And I just kind of looked over at him, man. And, and as it happened, I just gave him a thumbs up and just like went into the recliner. You know, I laid down and, and he basically shot right back across me. And uh, the elk takes off. And so at first, you know, we thought like, oh, shit, we missed it. Or he missed it. And uh, he came to, to rest or stop down at the bottom of the valley. And, and I could see plain as day, like blood all over, you know, his abdomen and he was coughing and wheezing and, uh, um, at that point, honestly, I was just waiting. I thought he was going to fall over right there. You know, like, I guess that's, <laughs> I know people that have hunted deer and, you know, uh, Travis has said in the past, that's kind of what, how the other deer went, right. They, they went about 50 yards and then just fell over. And, and we just saw him, he kind of was wheezing and coughing and he, and he, he trotted off into the woods. And when I say trot, I mean, he was like a drunken trot, you know, he was kind of swaying side to side. Uh, so we wanted to give him some time, you know, we hope he'd go in maybe a hundred yards and just lay down and, and, and die. Uh, and that was not the case. I don't want to go into too much of the detail, but anyway, we followed the blood trail, um, as far as it could go. And, uh, I don't know, you know, we probably went a mile at least into the woods following this trail and it disappeared. And at this point, Shane and Andrew had come over to help us even. And so you got four of us out here following this trail and, and then it just disappeared. And after a couple hours, we gave up and decided to go back and Travis and I walked halfway back and then we were like, no, let's go back <laughs> and do one more hour, you know, trying to find this thing. And, uh, we still couldn't, we gave it everything we could, man. And, um, I hope that deer is alive. You know, I hope it either, it either died painlessly and it was food for some other animal or, or he's still alive and maybe we can catch him next year. Um, but, but that, that little like 15, 30 second window there, when we heard the, the bugle and that thing comes crashing in and then the shot went off. Uh, I mean, we were both just like trembling with excitement and emotion. It was just, uh, I don't know the patience of not leaving and packing up and going somewhere else, you know? Um, and it was awesome too, that we didn't shoot that elk the night before. Right. Because it was just the, ne the moment, the next morning, which was way better than the one that night would have been was, uh, it was totally worth it, man. And, and in a way there's some mystique about not catching it. Right. Because now we have this, this story, right? Like it's a good thing. We were both there together because we know what we saw. If, if he had just come back and said, Oh, I saw this big, this, you know, the biggest elk I've ever seen. And I shot it, but I couldn't find it. Uh, it just wouldn't be the same. So it's, it's cool. It's a moment that Travis and I'll share for the rest of our lives. And, uh, yeah, as Andrew just said, it's unfinished business on the saddle.
So that's it. I'll rest there. But I, I'm officially a hunter now. You yeah, know, yeah. I thought I thought I was going to go up there and listen to books, audio books or something. I don't know what I thought. I downloaded playlists. I downloaded movies to my phone. I think Shane and I watched about 15 minutes of <laughs> uh, Russell Crowe, Leonardo DiCaprio movie one night. And uh, other than that, man, I mean, I was out of the tent at five in the morning and, you know, went to bed at sundown, ready to get up the next day. And, and I enjoyed every minute of it. So, but it's funny, like you find out things up there that you didn't know about yourself. Like that is that I never would have said that was my cup of tea. I was just going really to sightsee. Uh, but I found out that I do have that like primal instinct, you know, to hunt, to be the hunter gatherer. And, and it's something like I would push on my kid too, right. Or not push, but I would like to expose my child to it because my dad never made it a point to do things like that with me. Like, I think everybody just needs to disconnect for a little while. And there's something that it does for your soul that, that you just can't get, you know, camping in the backyard. Yeah. Very good story, man. You did did a great job. Travis, you got anything to fill in there? No, man. That was that was good. I'm still sick. I'm still sick about uh, about not finding that elk, you know. And and the trip was so special. And and I I mean everything about the trip. We got everything that we could have ever dreamed to get from that trip. You know, a, a group of guys together in the mountains, and and uh, the only thing we didn't bring home was an elk. Um, but you know, redemption 5.0 season is next year, man. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it's been a, a path of acceptance for me, you know, because that's something look, so the, it was a Tuesday night. And what happened was, is that I was on one side of the saddle and they were on the other side of the saddle and we hadn't seen any, any bull elk at all. And that's what we were hunting. And, and so I was making a few calls on one side of the saddle and then Charlie comes over and he's like, Hey man, there's elk over here. So I'm like, oh, shit. So I jump up with my binoculars and run over to the other side with him and Andrew and pull my binoculars up and it's mule deer. <laughs> I'm like, no, those are mule deer, dude. But I stayed there and hung out with them and talked with them. And we just joked around and we just kept looking at us. So then we got up to go to the other side of the saddle to get my stuff where my calls were. My guns laying there, my packs laying there. And we look up and 75 yards standing there looking at us as a, as a bull elk. He came in silent to those calls that I was doing earlier. Um he came in silent, which they do so many times, man. And and I felt like, you know, all I can ask for is one opportunity a year. You know, whether I'm hunting a big deer or whether I'm hunting a big elk, all I can ask for is one opportunity. And I felt like that was my one opportunity that I got up from that spot where I was calling where my rifle was. And I got up and I came back there and that thing standing there looking at us and it just turned around and just kind of trotted off down the mountain, you know, and. I thought, well, that was my one shot. Let's get the fuck out of here. I'm done. Let's just go home. This is bullshit. But by the time we got back to the camp, you know, it had already got in me that, well, you know what? I'm not going to kill one in the tent. You know, I'm not going to see anything in the tent. So I told Charlie, I said, I'm going to get up at four o'clock in the morning and I'm going to traverse back across the side of that mountain over to that saddle. And I'm going to make a couple calls. And we got back over to that saddle in the dark. Charlie came with me. He's like, I'm I'm down, man. I'm going too. And when I got back over there, I looked up above the saddle on the mountain and there's a pretty nice bull, not very big, but a, a decent bull, maybe the same one from the day before coming down the mountain about a hundred yards out from us. So I was like, we got to move. We got to move now because we got to get, because he's coming down the mountain. I want to intercept where he's coming, you know? So we move another, you know, 40 or 50 yards straight ahead. What I didn't know was that there was an even bigger bull in between us and that bull. 
And that bull that that came in on us was between that smaller bull and us, because when I got to the spot where Charlie and I was at, I called a couple of times. All of a sudden we hear some rocks kind of coming down the mountain above us, you know, like something's walking up. And and then all of a sudden this thing at 50 yards just ripped off the, I mean, just screamed across the mountain at us, you know, and and I mean, the hair on the back of my neck stood up and it was like. It was like Jurassic Park, man. It was like a dinosaur was coming through the trees. I mean, the, you could just feel the ground moving almost. And Charlie's eyes and my eyes are looking, bugging out of our heads. So at this point, because that bull was in between uh, that other bull and us, so Charlie was in between me and the bull because it wasn't where I thought the bull was going to be coming, you know. So Charlie was even Charlie was 20 yards from this thing when it came out of the wood line. And it was looking for us because it thought we were other elk, you know, and, and it came out of the woodline. Charlie just looked at me and just kind of laid down behind a tree and I shot and the bull was 30 yards when I shot it, man. And I thought there's no way at 30. I mean, I practice all year for that 30 yard shot, man. There's just no way that that thing is going to live at 30 yards. Um, and, and they're tough, man. Those animals are fucking tough, dude. You know, they live up on those mountains. They are fucking tough. And, um, you know, all I can do is say a prayer and hope that it lived. Um, you know, the, the blood trail, there was blood everywhere. There was blood. It looked like somebody took a bucket of blood and poured it out. The bullet went all the way through the animal because it was coming out both sides of the animal and it was bleeding for a half a mile and it must have clotted up. And you could see us four guys just on the side of a mountain on our hands and knees looking for spots of blood, man. We spent probably six hours searching for that bull and, you know, covered a mile of ground trying to search for it and it, and it, and it didn't die. It just didn't die or we would have found it. So, you know, it happens and, and it's something that I've had to deal with and accept. And and every time I close my eyes for the next two or three days after that, that's all I could see was that bull. I mean, it was the biggest bull I've ever seen on that mountain, by far the biggest bull I've ever seen on that mountain. And, and I, something I also learned that it wasn't about, you know, the, the whole trip wasn't about us going out there to kill a bull or kill an elk or, or you know, I, I had to come to terms with that too, man, that uh, it was about a whole lot more than that. It was about us being able to bond and us being together and you know, being able to share these experiences together. Um, you know, it, it's the reason that I got sober. I didn't get sober to go to meetings and fucking just not drink. That's not why I got sober. You know, I got sober to, to reclaim my life and, and to do all these things and go on adventures. And, and, and anybody can do this, man. Anybody can do this. Anybody can get out there and do this. All of us had excuses not to be there. Every single one of us had an excuse why we couldn't go. And every single one of us showed up and showed up for ourselves. Um, and, and I love these guys and I appreciate them, uh, having the faith and the trust in me to, to go out West and, and to do this thing, man. It was, it was just an experience I'll never forget. So Shane, how'd your hunting go? Well, um, for me, I was getting up in the mornings with the guys and we were going up to the sad, our, uh, boneyard and, and hunting. And then and that's where um, you had some luck in the past year. Yeah, right? What is yeah, the boneyard? So the, the, the boneyard is where we have harvested two elk before and uh, the first year and the second year. We did not harvest one last year, but we saw one in the boneyard, but we went with bow last year. But um, but this year, man, uh, like I said, those guys up there, I didn't hear anything uh, until that bugle of uh, Travis's elk. And uh, I was sitting in the boneyard that morning uh, the night before they had went up there and I didn't go with them. And I sat overlooking, um, that backside little Valley and didn't see anything. But, um, when, when Travis came back and told me the story about what it, what had happened, I was like, well, maybe that's his God's way of, uh, 
letting you know that you need to go back over there because you're going to get a bigger bull in the morning instead of that little one, you know? And so they went back over there and I'm sitting in the boneyard and, uh, all of a sudden I hear a bugle and it's the first and only bugle I heard the whole fucking trip. And I was like, that was not Travis. That was an elk. I look over that way and I see two elk up on the ridge and it looked like one had just dipped over. And then, uh, so I hit my call and turn those two coming back towards me. And, um, then moments later, boom, I heard the shot. I was like, they got them. Yes. Yes. You know, and I went to call them and, uh, my phone had died because it was so cold that morning. My, it just zapped my phone and I didn't have any battery. So I went back. I sat there for a few more minutes. I see if those elk were coming, but I figured after that shot, they were done. They took off. So, uh, went back to camp real quick and then, um, uh, put my phone in a charger, called them and got a hold of them. They told me they got one. They said, you know, they just had their muzzle loader. They didn't have any pistols with them. And they saw three bears down in the valley. I was like, don't go nowhere. I'll be right over. It might take me a few more minutes, but I'll come on over. Me and Andrew will come over. So uh, I went over to Andrew's tent to wake him up. And I was like, Andrew, bro, man, I, I don't know how many times, like four or five times seen his name. Nothing, man. So I zipped his tent to see if he was even in there. And he was. He was all bundled up. And I was like, Andrew. He didn't say nothing. So I started to get worried, to be honest with you. I thought he might have died in his sleep or some shit. So uh, I shook him, and he was, huh? And I was like, hey, man, they got one. Let's, we got. They need help, man. They they can't go after it because there's bears over there. And he's like, all right, let's go. So we packed up all the stuff we would need for um, taking care of, uh, you know, uh, cutting up a, an elk and the game bags and, and knives and all that shit. And we went over there, and started looking man and god I, I i was so excited when i got over there by the blood trail because i love following a blood trail man I, I love i love the 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 happy ending after following that blood trail for so long you know and, and um it, it was a great trail and i just knew we were going to find them man and, and so we start and we're going down through there i'm like good blood good blood good blood there's blood 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 then we got down to where it turned to rock right past a rock. Um, and, and then it was like nothing. And I was like, well, shit. So I, you know, we got it down our hands and knees looking for blood drops and found a few more and got a little further and then nothing, man. And I was like, shit. So we all kind of fanned out looking around and I don't know, maybe less than a hundred yards. I'd say 75 to a hundred yards away. I found some more blood again and we got on the trail again so i had high hopes then and then um the last the last um bit of blood that i found i noticed I, that it had gut in it the smell and and the texture of it and i was like fuck and then that was it man there was nothing else past that and then it it does suck um because you don't want an animal to suffer you don't want um, the meat to spoil, you know, all those things. And I know how Travis felt. I don't know exactly how it felt because I've never had that experience with an elk, but I have had it with deer before and it fucking sucks. And I just felt for him, man, because I, I know that feeling and uh, I just mean, uh, it's part of it, man. We don't always uh, retrieve them, man, but I wanted, I wanted to find that for him so bad, man. And I felt like I'd, let them down by not but uh i know it's not on me it's uh life on life's term shit again man you know 
Yeah, the agony of defeat, and it happens out there. That is, uh, it is a, it is a piece of hunting. It just, yeah. it, you have to come to accept. You know, acceptance has been talked about a couple times tonight, and that's another place where you have to come to some acceptance with it that this is the way it is. Right. Uh, switch gears. What about any stories from down? Would you got any certain? Certainly, there was something going on. Some storytelling. Well, I've got to go. Go ahead. Uh, this, you know, I shared it Tuesday night meeting, but uh, when I had booked this trip with uh, Travis last September, October, whatever, you know, said I was on board. You know, I didn't have my year yet. I got my year in January, and I got 13 months. My daughter, I had not, re- I have not had no more than five hours contact in 24 years reached out to me and we started talking and, you know, off and on building a rapport. And that's, uh, and I knew she lived in Denver, but I didn't say nothing about the trips. I didn't want to, you know, just want to take it easy. But once a couple months into it, I told her I was coming out to Colorado and she lives outside Denver. So we ended up meeting. She brought the grandkids. I'd never, had never seen, didn't know their names, didn't know their ages, nothing like that. So, um, they came to the camp, campground, Cody and uh, and uh, Derek gave us some time, and it was just a you know her husband, the three kids, and myself, and then they came back from fishing, and all went well. And uh, it, it you know I, I can't lie, it was a little awkward, but it was the most amazing thing to see my grandbabies for the first time, and uh, you know the promises in this program that just keep coming. Um, it's just amazing. It just they they just you do the work it's going to happen and uh it's just another testimony that just just like the trip with the guys you know it's stuff i never would have dreamed of and um and then she invited me to her house to have dinner and stuff on tuesday night taco tuesday so i went spent the night and yeah i just think the trip would be a miss if i didn't point that out um you know yeah, man. And I, I tell you, it's, it's, uh, you know, for 20, you know, like I shared Tuesday night, I prayed, I prayed for my will for 22 and a half years. I get in this program, people like, uh, my sponsor, you know, Travis and his sponsor, you and Shane and just everybody in the whole group and just the work I put in and started praying for God's will to be done. And, and, and that's how I started praying. And that's how things have just started to change. And, I just can't wait what's around the next bend, man. It's going to get better and better and uh, just keep grounded, keep working, keep giving it back. And uh, the more you give back, I think the more you get in return, it might be selfish, but this is the way how the program works. And uh, I'm, I'm very grateful. And uh, I'm grateful for this trip, grateful for this. I, hell, I'm grateful for this podcast. And again, anybody who wants to go, climb on board. You won't be disappointed. Oh, yeah, man. That's a killer story. Uh no doubt, you know, and it's kind of a left turn out of the out of the uh, main deal of the trip. But you know, that's what makes that's another thing that makes it so cool is that these 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 surprises, these these left turns in in recovery are super cool. Anybody else on that? <clears throat> Down, any things happen, Derek or Cody that you want to talk about? Now, I'd like, I think, uh, get back together where y'all hooked up down to bottom all together, right? That's what y'all did after the, after the elk encounter, right? 
Unless you well, got, got a story about the bottom. I got another story real quick on the bottom. Uh, and it's a, somebody else wants to tell it, they can, but about the showers and the lack of water in the campground told us to go to this other campground because it was the same, same people running it. When we finally found it, well, there was no water there either. So we kind of crashed the KOA for uh, all our showers a week. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like we walked mm-hmm. in on it. And the guys up on top are saying showers. What are these things you call showers? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause, uh, when we, when we came down the mountain, uh, the first thing I did was strip down and I went over to the lake with, uh, Travis and Charlie and we got into the lake and washed up and, uh, it felt amazing. It was cold as shit, but it felt amazing. And the funny thing was we were, Charlie and I were talking about on the way down like, man, wouldn't it be awesome if we got down to, bottom and they had fucking cheeseburgers ready for us and what the fuck happened we got down to the bottom of the hill and they had fucking cheeseburgers waiting on us i was like holy shit i went back to get the truck and, and go back to pick up the guys i was like charlie they got cheeseburgers you should see his face light up like a little kid man it was awesome <laughs> yeah because that dehydrated food gets so quick yeah uh, i don't know there's something it does the job but uh, it's definitely something lacking in that so did y'all come back down and meet back up and head over? Uh, <clears throat> what did you go to that old clubhouse? Yep. Yep. Nobody ain't talking. Nobody's talking. Derek or Cody and somebody want to talk about that? Trying to do an equal time thing. Yeah. So yeah, the guys come off the mountain and, um, you know, we were, uh, the plan was, you know, for them to be carrying an elk down where well, we had a cooler full of fish waiting for them. Um, you know, and, and, uh, unfortunately they didn't get the elk and we only had a couple fish, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they come off and, uh, you know, we were just excited to hear what happened up there, man. We were just, you know, uh, you know, excited for them and all that stuff. And sure enough, we had dinner ready and there's, let me rephrase that Cody had dinner ready and, uh, you know, they didn't come down in time for us to make that meeting that we all thought was on Wednesday night and, um, me and Mark and Cody had the chance to go into town uh, a couple of days before. And we drove by the meeting house and they had another meeting on Thursday night. And, uh, so Thursday, uh, a couple of us went fishing. Me and Mark got caught in a windstorm, uh, out on our kayaks. And, uh, that was pretty wild. We got blown all over the place. It was raining, didn't catch anything, but, um yeah we ended up going to this little meeting house man and there was there was three other guys there and they were uh needless to say excited to see us yeah you know see some change uh see some different faces and um you know i'm pretty sure what travis what is that the oldest aa site on the west of the mississippi and that what you said yeah yeah that's what they say yeah. And so, uh, it was cool for me getting to see, uh, you know, AA is the same everywhere, but it's, it's, it's just cool getting to see, uh, you know, a piece of history like that. Uh, it was a tiny little house. Um, nothing like we have around here. That's for sure. But, uh, you know, all of us are all juiced up. They just came off off the mountain. Um, you know, Mark got to see meet his grandkids for the first time. And so, uh, I would say we brought some juice in there. Um, 
and we got to know a couple of those guys. You know, we uh, exchanged, exchanged numbers with them, talked about, you know, when we come back next year and uh, plans like that. The same guys as we met before? Same dude? Yeah. The one main one guy. Of them. The one main guy's name's George that runs that meeting, and he was there. Okay. Uh, but he had relapsed since we were there last time. Really? Yeah, he only had like 10 or 11 months sober when we went in there. He said, I'm glad you didn't come last year because I wasn't in a very good place because we (laughs) we missed last year. We didn't go to a meeting there last year. So it had been two years since we went to a meeting there. And he was like, Did y'all go down and get something to eat and then go to a meeting or go to that one restaurant? Yeah. Yeah. We went there. We went to a couple different restaurants, but yeah, we went, we went and had some good food and, and, uh, and went to that meeting, man. It was nice. Yeah. That's another plus, another one of those cool things you can do while you're out of town. And uh, just real quick is right before uh, Shane and Travis and I were going, I was on Facebook and I'll be damned if this place, this post popped up that said the oldest clubhouse west of the Mississippi here in Granby, Colorado. And I texted because I didn't know where the hell we were going. And I texted Travis and said, where is Granby near there? And he was like, well, yeah, that's pretty much where we're heading. (laughs) And uh, how that popped up just right out of nowhere, right before we got there. All right. Well, uh, what about where we go from here? We can wrap this thing up pretty soon if you want to. I think we kind of covered the high points, and I think we have a good podcast here to explain all that stuff. And I know everybody's uh, – thank you all so much for going so late with me. I, I wanted to make sure and capture things before the juice, like, ran out completely. You know, if we did this in a couple of weeks, it, the energy – I can I can still feel the energy in you guys from it. Uh, so I want to try to capture it by then. Uh, any other stories you want to tell about while you were there? Uh, I just want to say, first off, if there's, if there's any single men out there like Cody, <laughs> he's far more than just arm candy. This, this guy, I, <laughs> he impressed me, man. I, I don't know. Like, I just, I didn't see it coming, man. And, and he just like blew my doors off with like, first of all, how well he can cook. But just like I mean, this guy can drive a trailer like you've never seen. He can go fish. He can. He, Co- yeah. Cody broke all kinds of barriers, man. Oh man, he broke down walls for me about what I thought about gay men, dude. He yeah. broke down every fucking barrier that I ever imagined. I I asked him while we were there. I said, "Are you sure you're gay, bro? Are you yeah. sure? Are you sure?" Every day. <laughs> I had to show you how to tr- a clean trout. Yeah, yeah. So where'd did. all that come from, Cody? Uh, I hunt and fish here, and so I grew up doing it. And so every year I go hunt with my dad. But growing up, we would always go to uh, Frankfurt and catch trout with my uncle. Uh, and then we'd come home, we'd clean them. And some of the guys, they never caught trout before or knew how to clean them. So I, I showed Derek how to clean trout while we were there. And, like, it was it was great, honestly. How about the like, cooking? Kind of, it, get, it like bumped my man card up a little bit. And I don't know. Like, it made my head a little bit bigger, not going to lie. <laughs> yeah well, how about like, the cooking where's the cooking background come from oh my mama my mama oh, yeah. cooks so i have three cool. sisters so she couldn't have three sisters in the kitchen cooking with her so she had always allowed me to go in the kitchen with her when i was growing up because they're just one boy so i love doing that i love like providing food for everybody and like seeing the joy on their face yeah you know uh that is a cool thing you know uh i don't know i doubt i'm alone here but you know when you see people new come in and you we set up what we think we know about somebody else and then these trips like this let you see you know where you can actually um that that old uh 
um, definition of the term intimacy. I, I, I get to be me and I get to let you see me. And then we uh, bond as a result of that. It's cool, cool stuff. Like I said, Cody's not even got a year sober. How, how many, how many, how, where are you at? Uh, I'm up a little over four months, like four yeah. months, like 15 days or 16 days, something like that. Yeah. How's that yeah. for a boost for your recovery? Does that make you want to go back? <laughs> oh, I can't wait to go back, man. No, I mean, go back to where we used to be. You oh, know? Like no. It's, it's no. insurance policy against a relapse. Hell, hell no, man. Like, that's one thing I want to run away from after this trip because like, that's a big part about going on the trip is like getting to know these guys a little bit better. And I, I fell in love with every single one of them. And I, I, I feel like I got to know them a lot more than I did beforehand. Man, super cool. Really cool. Yeah. Hey, that's, that's... Go ahead. I I just wanted to say one thing too, and this is in line with Cody. This is where I was going with all that is that like, um, I think it's kind of a testament to this bond and fellowship that we have here because I mean, if you look at it, like Cody was a little over four months, I was five months sober. Then we got three guys that are around a year and a half, give or take a few months. And then Travis with four and a half and Shane uh, coming up on seven. You know, but it's not like you said earlier, it's not a bunch of 20 something year sober guys, you know, going on this trip to do it. Um, and it's it's like, I don't know if I could stay sober if I didn't have these guys, you know, people like these guys in my life, you know, to do stuff like this. Like you <laughs> if I had to wait until I was 10 years sober, you know, to be able to do something like this, I'd. I don't know if I could. It's like um, if you're struggling with addiction or you're struggling with, um, you know, trying to find a new way of living, like it is available to you and it is available to you uh, very soon. You know, this is not something that we have to wait years and years and years, man. We get into this program and we do some work and uh, and we get well fast. So um, and I was getting ready to say. Yeah, we get well. Well, that's you. I stole that from you. We get well fast. But, uh, you know, I just I want it to be an incentive uh, and a motivation for for guys that may be on the fence, you know, and they're looking to try and live their best life. Like, I think everybody on this podcast right now can say that they are living their best life or they are well on their way to living their best life. And uh, I'm just I'm very happy to be a part of that. I'm very thankful to be a part of that. And and um join us yeah join us <laughs> was there anything was there anything on the ride home we're talking about or you want to go around and do some concluding thoughts and we'll circle around if unless there was something that happened that's worth talking about there there was two things that uh there's one thing that shook me and one thing that just had me laughing like a little kid one thing that shook me was when we were driving through the mountains and we came up on a wreck and it was a truck just like Mark's that was pulling a camper and it was jackknifed and the camper was just completely demolished. Me and Mark were up front. And I mean, we both just felt like we were going to throw up. They're like, man, that could have been us, you know, kind of deal. And it just made it surreal, you know, because if we would have gotten a wreck, that's what it would have looked like, you know. And, and if anybody would have been in the back, they'd have been dead. So it, it just kind of made it real surreal and, and, and to be more cautious. And then the other funny part was late night. It was like two or three in the morning. Uh, it was me, Cody, 
Derek and Charlie all were in the truck and Travis and Mark were in the back uh, and Andrew had already flown back. And, uh, um, and we had a freaking jam session and just, just listen to some music really loud, just some old school stuff. There's a lot of old school rap and, uh, and we just had a freaking blast just singing and just, just cutting up and just getting hyped up, man. And, it was just a lot of fun. I'll, I'll never forget that. That was that was real fun. It was like a late night dance party in the car. <laughs> yeah. Let's wrap her up. What do you say? Let's uh, go around and give a concluding thought of a couple minutes, and we'll do it in alphabetical order just for fun. So, Andrew. Yeah. Um, if there wasn't, like, things to do outside of just AA meetings and um, – yeah, I don't know where I would be either, you know, with it. And so to have an opportunity like this was great. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's like you're on the fence about it. Yeah, man, just, um, you don't have to have a lot of time or anything like that. You can really just, uh, you know, go ahead, you know, go all in and push all your chips in the middle and, you know, see, see what happens. Just, just open yourself up to it. Um, yeah. which is something I struggled with, but as I do it more and more with these 12 steps, you know, more and more do I get surprised about how good I feel in the end. Um, so. Very yeah, cool. Thank you, Andrew. Charlie. Including thought. I don't have one. That's Cody. it um just like if you don't feel like anyone ever like liked you in aa or they're standoffish it's just because you're not giving them like the time of the day to get to know them at all like there were some guys where i was like i don't know if they really like me or care about me at all in this program and like i see my meetings we may say hey or whatever but once i gave them the time of day and they gave me the time of day to get to know me and i get to know them like everyone loves you in aa like it doesn't matter where you go what room you walk into in AA, like everyone cares about you in some way, shape or form. And like, that's what like, you have to accept that. Like just because you don't feel like they love you doesn't mean that they don't just give them a little bit of time and let them get to know you for you. Yeah, man. You got to put yourself out there. You know, you got to ante up. Uh, Derek. Man. Um, you know, before I got sober, I thought, you know, where the world was just, uh, you know, so small and, and, and just uh, so shitty, you know, and, um, you know, I got sober and I opened up, and I did some work, man. And, and there's this whole new world just waiting for me, you know, and all I got to do is just do a few little things, you know. Um, I'm just so blessed, man, that I fell in with this group of guys, um, you know, and the cool thing is we're, we aren't the only group of guys doing shit like this. There's stuff going going on all over the place. Um, you know, I just had to let my barriers down and, and, uh, you know, for me, this trip was, uh, my favorite part was probably just the connection with everybody, man. Um, you know, some of the guys that went, I didn't know real well and, um, you know, kind of follow along. What'd you say? Now you do. Now I do, man. And, uh, you know, that's a part of getting sober is realizing that, uh, especially in AA, there's, there's other people that are, uh, 
you know, that, that'll ride with you, you know, that people that have your back and, um, you know, we get to go through this thing we call life together. Um, and man, it's so much better when you, when you, uh, when you have some other people to share it with, you know, and you're not all alone. Yeah, man. So. Good stuff. Gary. Mark. Yeah. I say I echo what everybody else has said. I mean, it's connectivity. It's just the bonding. It's getting out of your skin and doing things you're not used to doing, but you know the guys you're going with are solid. And they know you. You know they got your back as much as you got theirs. And and they're just, they're just with my two career fields. That you know, being a firefighter, military, I I, I shared the meeting out there that it it just don't get no better. You know, I, I love the guys I worked with in my careers, but this takes it to another level that's undescribable and I'm so damn grateful. And this is programs designed for living and it just start living. You know, we, so many of us have died for so long that just take that step and, and, and just see where it goes, peek around the corner and, and start living. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Thanks, Mark. Uh, I had to do my LMNLP in my head. Shane. <laughs> I, I'd already done it, so I figured out it was me next. Uh, yeah, man, just the connectedness with these guys and getting to know them better, man. That was the highlight of my trip, and uh, that was that was the best thing for me um, because I, I felt like I really bonded with everybody that was there. And uh, you know, some of the days I was stuck in the tent, I still got a lot of that bonding time, and it made it the trip worthwhile, you know, even though we didn't get an elk or I was in the tent, you know, it was still worth every minute of it just for the experience of getting to know these guys better and being connected. Um, and I want to talk to the guy that's, um, just tuning into this podcast, maybe from our group. Yeah. I'm talking to you. Um, if you're thinking about going with us, come with us next year and experience what we experience and get on this next level shit, man, because uh, there's nothing like being in God's country. I, I don't feel my higher power anywhere else as strong as I do in the Colorado Rockies. So if you're, if you're having doubts about him, come find him. Uh, that's all I got. Thanks. Thanks, Shane. Good stuff. Travis. Hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> um, I just want to say that uh, that I love all these guys, man. Uh, you know, I couldn't go do things like this without these guys. You know, I couldn't do this by myself. I couldn't go out to Colorado. Um, we do shit together. This isn't fucking, a uh, inclusive fucking group, man. You know, this is all exclusive. Anybody can do this. Anybody can go do what we do. Everybody think, everybody thinks this is a fucking, hey, it's a bunch of little clicks and these guys are a click or this is a click. That's just a fucking excuse, man. That's just a cop out, you know? Come be, come, like Charlie said, join us, man. You know, anybody can go out and do this kind of stuff. And we do it every year. Um, it's just one of the things that we do together. We do a lot of other things together too, man. And and uh, um, I've got to have things like this in my life. I have to have things. Like I said before, I didn't just get sober to go to meetings and not drink. I didn't, that's not why I'm here, man. You know, I'm here to experience life. I'm here to get out and do things. So uh, next time somebody asks you to do something like this, Give it a hell yes, man. Just do it. You know, just get out and do cool shit, man. If if you're bored, maybe it's because you're boring. If it's if you know if AA is not cool, maybe it's because you're not cool. Maybe you need to get out and do some shit, man. Maybe you need to open up yourself to do things, uh, to experience life. And um, that's what we do here together. 
Um, it's so special and it's, it's such a gift. And like I said, we all could have made the excuse why we couldn't be there. We all have families. We all have jobs. We all have all have things that we could could have made excuses to do. And these guys fucking showed up for me and they showed up for themselves. And uh, I love them for it, man. That's it. Well, your all's concluders are awesome. It made me think of this, man. Still, you may say, but I will not have the benefit of contact with you who write this book. We cannot be sure. God will determine that. So you must remember that your real reliance is always upon him. He will show you how to create the fellowship you crave. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of the pa- of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. And this is an example of um, you're not having a blast in your recovery. You're you're not doing something right. And thank you all out there for allowing the, uh, I guess, the eight of us and the seven of these guys for uh, allowing all of us to participate in our recoveries in these fantastic ways. Peace out. Peace out.